When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Um, We're not very happy today really, are we? Well, if you're England fans anyway... Because it really hasn't been a good day for England. 134 all out and India piling on the pressure with 54 for one by the close. So a lead of 249. I don't know. I'm a bit unhappy about the pitch, actually. And I would be unhappy about it, even if England had won the toss and batted first. Because... It's. I just think it's unacceptable with the amount of uh, stuff that the ball is doing off the good part of the pitch, never mind the footholds. But no doubt India have played better than England. There's no doubt about that at all, Yoz. And they dominated the first day. That was That's the key to their strong position. I think today they just took advantage of the conditions. In those conditions, I think you'd expect Ravi Ashwin to come up with a fifer, really. I mean, I think he would have expected himself to come up with a fifer. Well bowled, uh, India caught well, but it's not easy out there. Really difficult conditions for English batsmen in Indian conditions. And, they, you know, they're quite alien conditions. Root's been playing magnificently so far in this winter. He today played that sort of slog sweep, sweepy shot that he plays and top-edged it, gone fairly early today. And once he went, then he thought, yeah, this is going to be a big problem for England. But well-played India yesterday. I mean, they made the most of it. The ball was going to the top yesterday as well. It wasn't a, a straightforward pitch on the first day. OK, it was harder on the second day than it was on the first day. But that innings from Rohit Sharma, absolutely sublime. So you've got to give him you know, a lot of credit. And also uh, Rahani as well for, for toughing it out. And Pant, well, he went for it and you know, it came off for him. So you know, there's three players there who succeeded. But Rohit, the, sort of the, the king of the lot, really. And you know, we thought yesterday that innings was going to be a sort of match-winning, man-of-the-match performance. And, and nothing I've seen today uh, suggests it's going to be any different. If it's any different from here, then, goodness me, we're in for an absolutely belting last two days or whatever. But it's, it's an Indian victory, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's clear as day. Yeah, and, and I think it, it, prob- it could well have been an Indian victory, even if they'd batted second, actually, because they have a player in, as you say, Rohit Sharma, who can just elevate himself above anyone else on the day. You know, he hasn't necessarily done it uh, all the time, but we've seen from his extraordinary performances in one-day cricket that, you know, if he is on his day, he is destructive and impossible to bowl at in any conditions. And that that was a, an extraordinarily good innings on the first day. If England had batted first, I think they would have been up against it, against the skill of the, the Indian spinners, particularly Ravi Ashwin. And, you know, although you can blame the, the England batsmen for a fairly hapless display, 134, I don't think too many of them could have done anything different. I mean, certainly Ben Stokes, that, that delivery that bowled him 
from Ashwin was totally unplayable. Uh, you know, it pitched almost on a half volley on about middle and leg and took the top of off stump. And unless he had premeditated and decided to sweep that ball and probably would have made contact, I don't know how else you could have played it, really. I mean, he banged his bat on his pad as he walked off. But I, I, from round the wicket, the ball landing on... It was a shame warm delivery, the, 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 the Gatting ball, really. In fact, almost better because it was fuller. So you, you, you couldn't do anything apart from maybe sweep it. But early in your innings, and especially when you've just seen your captain getting out sweeping, you're not necessarily thinking about a, a shot like that. So, you know, it's easy to blame the England batsman. But actually, in the end, it's, it shows our deficiency as a spin bowling uh, country because we should have got the Indians out for less than 329 in the first innings of the match. It was already doing loads. I mean, we saw Mo and Ali bowl that ball through the gate to Virat Kohli on naught in you know the first session. And if the ball is turning that much at the beginning of a match, A, the spinners have got to make it count, and B, it's not really satisfactory for Test cricket, in my view. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you totally, actually. I think that if India had bowled on the first day, they would have made it, I think they would have done, I think they would have made it much harder for England than, in, than England made it for India, although Rohit played absolutely magnificently. I mean, that's pure conjecture, of course. Uh, we don't know. There was definitely enough there for the spinners yesterday uh, to cause some problems, and England you know, just were not able to do it, perhaps too many f- four balls. India know their conditions, they play their conditions better, and it was a a magnificent innings from Rohit Sharma. I think there are two issues here. One is the quality of the pitch, and one is the difference in quality uh, between the two teams. I mean, India, let's give India some credit. They are a very good side at home. They are such a dominant side. We've mentioned it before, one serious defeat at home since 2004. So let's give, let's give India some credit. At the same time, and, and also, they, yeah, they could definitely have won this match uh, batting second, I think, as well. Uh, that's not you know, Im- impossible. But also the pitch is a poor one. That, that, that's the other thing. So we, you can say both things. So it is a poor pitch. It's, it's a very poor pitch. The ball's going through the top, you know, going right through the top in the, on, on the second day. Uh, it is a bit of a lottery batting. I mean, even India coming out in their second innings, they've got, you know, they're not under much pressure because they've got all those runs in the bank. So you're a bit, you're a bit freer. You know, it was devilishly difficult in that last half an hour or so. And England were actually a bit unfortunate not to pick up more than the one wicket they got uh, through Jack Leach. So it's not, it's not easy to bat on, even for the, the you know, class Indian players. Uh, but I've, of course, I've, uh, I've put that tweet out saying uh, India should be docked. World <laughs> Test Championship points for this pitch. It's a sand pit, makes batting a lottery. Uh, well, it wasn't <laughs> perhaps the wisest tweet, but I, I, I thought it would get a bit of reaction. Oh, surprise, surprise, um, Giles. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so th- 363 replies, most of them you half-wit from mm. probably Indian supporters. Mm. Uh, 605 likes, actually, interestingly, but uh, probably a mixture of well said and you idiot. Uh, but at least I've got one supporter... Uh, Mark Wall, who says, I'm all for a good contest between bat and ball in test match cricket, but this pitch in Chennai is unacceptable at test match level. You can't have the ball going through the top of the surface on day one from the main part of the pitch, Mm. i.e. not from the footmarks. And Michael Vaughan backed him up actually there, and that's had about 2,000 likes. So... You know, it, it, it's a talking point anyway. Well, one, one of the problems is, of course, is everyone gets very partisan about it. And, you know, they they also people think, you know, because we're English, we must be biased. Well, I mean, inevitably, there's probably some subconscious bias, whatever, it, anyway. But it's 
India, the point is, India are a very, very good side with excellent spin bowlers, excellent batsmen. They've outplayed England in this game. It can still be a poor pitch. Um, that, that, that's the point. Um, but well played India. Um, Rohit, brilliant. Uh, Ashwin, really, you know, really good today. And India's catching good as well. And England, I don't know. That I think perhaps you, you just sense, you know, I think you know actually that this is, that, that, Everything's against you on a, on a surface like this, especially when you've allowed India to score 329. I, I, I felt yesterday 300 for six to me felt like, you know, 480 on, on a good surface or even 500 on a good surface. I mean, those runs are so precious, aren't they, on, on, on a surface like this? Um, so it, to me, it just looks like 1 1. It doesn't mean to say it can't be a poor pitch at the same time. Yeah, I think the issue is the ball exploding off a length. That's what you don't want. You know, it's fine if it's turning out of the footmarks or, you know, maybe turning a bit off the main part of the pitch early in a match. But if it's actually creating puffs of dust and Rohit Sharma on the second day sweeping at a ball from Moen Ali, which is quite full, and it hit him in the grill. Uh, and, then, you know, he had to have a bit of treatment, well, at least a, a, an examination. Well, that's not right. On the second day of a test match, that's not right. But I, I'd be interested to know what the, the England take on it is. Well, OK, let's get some reaction now. Um, no England player uh, came to the press conference afterwards. It was the poor old batting coach. It's terrible, isn't it? Uh, when England get a bowled out for 130, it's the, the batting coach that gets wheeled out. I thought we might hear from Ben Folkes today. Actually, he played really nicely. He showed you could play on this surface. And he didn't concede a bye in the first innings. Good return to test cricket uh, for him. He did let a few byes go through in the second innings. But I mean, it was really tricky for, for batting and for keeping as well. Anyway, Graham Thorpe uh, came out afterwards to, to speak on behalf of the England team. Now, Graham's played in a in 100 test matches, so he's seen an awful lot of cricket around the world and also he's watched a lot as, as a coach. And I asked him if he thought the, the spin conditions today on the second day of a test match were the, were the hardest he's ever seen at that stage of a test. Yep, yep. It's uh, incredibly challenging on, on that surface uh, for us on day two. Um, they're obviously very... Um, skilled uh, spin attack as well on, on their own conditions and um, it was a very good toss to win. How should you try to bat on a pitch like that or is it a lottery? Well there, there are some balls in the pitch which um, you might not be able to do too much about um, but we've talked about trying to have a plan um, being clear in the areas that you can attack and how you can rotate strike and how you can defend. Um, so the guys have plans, but um, they didn't. They didn't happen today for us. You know, um, you know there were there were some good deliveries in there, some unfortunate dismissals as well, some good catches um, uh, for, from India as well today. So uh, we didn't get the punch. It's going. I thought Ben Folks played very well. Um, the ball got a little bit softer. Um, it wasn't quite so much of the, of the, of the devil in the delivery, um, but. Uh, We'd lost early wickets in the piece, and that uh, really set us back today. Is it a pitch that's fit or acceptable for the second day of a, of a test match? Is it a fit pitch fit for test cricket? It's a very challenging surface. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say. I think um, in terms of me commenting on the pitch, I think that's uh, for, for someone above me uh, to, to look at. But it's, it, it's obviously... Uh, taken turn um, early in the game and as I said it was a very good toss to win uh, to bat on day one. How do you see the game from here? I mean 
250 lead, three days left, and it's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. Well, we, we, we need, um, you'd say we need something very, very special uh, to happen uh, tomorrow for us um, and somebody to do uh, something amazing with the bat. Um, so it's, I think we knew we were going to have some tough days. Um, and I think the most important thing is that our dress, dressing room uh, doesn't, doesn't get uh, too affected by today. Uh, we've got some players in our team which uh, are touring this part of the world for the first time against a very, very strong uh, Indian side. So um, just as last week when we, when we won the first test match here, we know that uh, we have to uh, stand up, keep learning as well. I think that's the most important thing that some of our players keep learning and developing uh, in, in this part of the world uh, because we knew we were going to have some challenging days here. So that's Graham Thorpe, England's batting coach, giving his verdict on the second day and the state of the game as well. I mean, inevitably, you, you have to be uh, diplomatic. It's, it's for those higher up. So it'll be interesting to see what Joe Root says at the end of the game, whether Root feels you know he, he's got something to say on the surface or not. I mean, generally, generally speaking, people hold their tongue, don't they, and say, well, look, it was difficult, but, you know, we move on, we need to play better. India outplayed us, they played the conditions better. And there is more than a degree of, of truth in that. Uh, but if all Test cricket was played on a surface like this, you, it would be a bit of a lottery. But I don't think anyone was surprised. I mean, this is one of the things. I don't think anyone's particularly surprised at the surface we're playing. I think everyone knew, didn't they? I, mean, I saw a picture of the pitch a couple of days out, and it looked very dry. India won down in the series as well. Uh, Virat Kohli not happy with the pitch of the first test, where, you know, that actually, in a way, that was more dependent on who won the toss, because you get to, if you win the toss, you get to bat on a flat pitch, and then it disintegrated. So if you make the most of winning the toss, in, in the first test, in, in a way, the advantage is, is bigger, you could argue, than even in the second test. The point is, this is a poor pitch. Um, it, so it's a sort of separate issue, in a way. But there we go. Um, it, it, I wonder what Joe Root's going to say at the end of the game. Well, he's, he's not a happy camper, particularly, uh, understandably. Uh, I mean, he went for a legitimate sweep. The shot that's uh, brought him probably about 500 runs, or at least <laughs> half of his 500 runs in the last... Couple, a month or so, and uh, it just hit a, a, a patch of the the sort of sandy part of the pitch and just exploded and turned, and he got the top edge. And then later in the in the game, when the England players were fielding and trying to get wickets in that last session, there was a couple of strange decisions. I mean, one of which was Rohit Sharma padding away the ball, mm. uh, given not out by the umpire, and the uh, England players deciding to review it, and only after they decided to review it, did they discover that the umpire decided that the batsman had played a shot, even though he had been hiding his bat fairly obviously behind his pad, and he didn't look as if he was, that's his row, it didn't look as if he was attempting to hit the ball, and actually the ball would have gone on to hit the mm. stumps, Hawkeye showed, but because the umpire had decreed that he had played a shot, the review was pointless because he, he was hit well outside the line. So, you know, Root was, was fairly grumpy about that. I mean, a couple of other things just to say, I suppose, observations, uh, just from a kind of general uh, perception. Firstly, I thought Ollie Stone did well uh, in, in this game, and, and he's become a legitimate yeah. option for England as a pace bowler going forwards. He was pulled majestically for six by Rohit Sharma, but he's done that to many bowlers down the years. And I thought he held his line and his composure and his pace really well. As far as spin goes, I was just thinking about this. And I think the issue with Moen Ali 
isn't his natural ability, which he's got plenty of. I think it's his demeanour on the pitch. And I think he's such a casual, relaxed, convivial, almost jovial sort of character, which is, to his great credit, I mean, England players love him round the dressing room because he's so sort of phlegmatic and just just a, a lovely influence on everybody. But actually, as a spinner, I think you need a bit more aggression. And look at someone like Ravi Ashwin. You know, he's absolutely seething and, you know, he can sort of feel almost sort of steam coming out of his ears when he's running up to bowl. And he's absolutely planning, you know, in a sort of Machiavellian way to undermine the batsman. He hates batsmen and he just wants to make sure they make them look silly and get them out. Whereas I think Moen, you know, because of his personality, he just turns up and he bowls. And, and he bowls, you know, perfectly acceptably. But there's no sort of real aggression and sort of desire there to accompany those deliveries and that that of course was the, the great feature of if you look at all the really successful spinners obviously we're talking the elite here we're talking Murali, Shane Warne, Anil Kumble they came with attitude they stared the batsmen down they glared at them and they wanted to undermine them and I, I think you need that as a spinner and Moen just doesn't have it naturally so He's relying on his natural ability only. And in, in these situations, and especially when he hasn't played much first-class cricket recently, it's just not enough. Yeah, interesting observation, uh, Yoz. Um, yeah, one to, one to contemplate. Just on that LBW shout, I think, yeah, I, I think England are getting a bit frustrated with some of the umpiring decisions. I have to say, I thought the umpiring was superb in the first Test match. It, it was really good. And there haven't been many incorrect decisions in this game. Generally, it's just, it's just a couple that really have needled them, or three actually that really needled them, the stumping yesterday, and then the one that was caught at short leg that they didn't you know, go through the whole process, and the one today. It was clearly no shot. And I have to say, Yoz, you've you've seen the Hawkeye on it because on the monitor I was watching today, I haven't seen the Hawkeye on it. It, it was definitely hitting the stumps. You've hitting definitely middle. seen that, have you? Yeah. Yeah, it looked, it looked a very good shout, and he clearly wasn't playing a shot. So it is in the opinion of the umpire, isn't it, whether a, a batsman is playing a shot. The bat was hidden. What the batsman could argue, if you know, if he was doing a legal treatise, was that, well, if the ball hadn't spun so sharply, you know, it would have come nicely onto my back because it was sort of, you know, I'd have played at it sort of from behind the pad. But, I mean, I, it, that's baloney. He, he wasn't playing a shot. Every, everybody's ever played the game. Uh, at any level, or pretty much any level, knows he wasn't playing a shot. Everyone knew exactly what he was doing. It should have been given out. It wasn't. And I think that, that sort of got under England's skin a bit. And they must be frustrated with their performance as well. But, you know, Graham Thorpe there in that interview saying, you know, we have to we have to stay positive. You know, we've done quite well on this tour so far. You know, there have been lots of good. We mustn't get too down, uh, you know, whatever happens over the next uh, couple of days. And what we think is going to happen over the next couple of days is that India are going to rack up a decent lead and then bowling and out on a pitch that, well, gonna, what's it going to be like on the fourth day yours it's going to be like the dark side of the moon isn't it <laughs> i don't think there's going to be a fourth day well there probably might be yeah. there might be a What's tiny the dark bit side of the moon day. like well it's lots crate lots of craters <laughs> and uh, it's definitely not a place to be a batsman especially not an england one anyway Well, so it looks like it's going to be 1-1 with two to play. And that's a good cue, actually, to bring in our, our guest 
from the Virtual Cricket Club last week, Stephen Finn, who of course played in that 2012 series in India. And it was 1-1 after two tests because uh, India easily won the first test in Ahmedabad and then England came back stormingly, brilliantly to win the second test in Mumbai. And Stephen Finn played a key role in the third test in Calcutta, which England won. And as I say, he was our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club last Thursday. And what he talked about really interestingly was the whole art of reverse swing. Now, we haven't seen much reverse swing in this second test, but it did play a key role in the first test. And I think it probably will play a fair role in the tests going forwards as well, with the third test, of course, in Ahmedabad, the day-night game where the pink ball might play a, a larger role, have an influence on the outcome. So here's Steve Finn talking about the intricacies and the art of reverse swing. Conventional swing, I'd say, is a lot easier to pick um, because it, it's a lot more predictable in the way that it happens. Um, the reverse swing, I would say, fundamentally, things seem to happen quicker and later. I think conventional swing can happen from the hand. And when you talk about someone swinging the ball from the hand, it means that the ball is always on a trajectory of either leaving or going into a batsman right from the second it leaves their hand. So therefore, a good player or most players in professional cricket will look at that and see it, be able to read it and then either let it go or play it accordingly. Whereas reverse swing is almost the complete opposite of what you expect to happen. And so reverse swing usually happens in probably the last third of the pitch um, as it gets mm. closer to the batsman. And that's why you can really make people look stupid when you're bowling reverse swing because if they misread it from your hand, even just for a split second, it means that they've got such little time to react to what's happening. And that's why when people are bowling reverse swing, you see a lot of the time, especially someone like Jimmy, will run up with the ball in his opposite hand. So the batsman cannot see the differentiation between the rough and the smooth side. The best batsman in the world will watch your hand from the second you start your run-up to when you re release the ball. And they'll be watching so intently to try and work out which way the ball is going to swing that it becomes an advantage for them being able to see it, whereas Jimmy will hold the ball in his opposite hand. So the batsman has no clue or inclination as to which way the ball is going to move until he's in his delivery stride and his load-up. And by that stage, it all happens too quick. How easy is it to transfer the ball from one hand to the other? And how do you practice it? Is it one of those things you almost like you close your eyes and you're just practicing it, you know, when you're, I don't know, just sitting on a train or whatever, or just in a car if someone's driving or how, how do you practice that transference well, and getting the ball in exactly the right place? Or is it, is it easy? It depends on whether, where your load up is basically. So excuse me for getting technical and bowling technical That's here. Fine. So fine. if you look at the way that Jimmy loads up his, the ball, it's always on his right shoulder here. So he, he his elbow points backwards. It's not in front of him, it points backwards. So he's able to take the ball there basically to his right shoulder, collects the ball there where his normal load up would be. And then his normal action starts. I think if you look at people who aren't as natural at it, so someone like myself, I load up back here behind my head almost. Um, and then my arm circles around like that. So if I'm trying to get the ball and hide it from the batsman, I've got to take it up there somewhere for my mm. bowling arm to then be on its normal path. So I think he's quite blessed in having an action 
and he's obviously honed it over years and years of practice where he can literally simply take the ball in his left hand, simply take it up to there to then deliver the ball. So the way that I tried to counteract that was I, when I was confident or when I am confident, I try and flip the ball as I'm loading the ball up. So a batsman's watching it all the way. And you'll find some fast bowlers, some some people do this. You, you're running up normally, so a batsman can see the shiny side on this side, rough side on that side, and he's seeing, and he's like, right, okay, this is an away swinger and away swinger. And then just every now and again, I'd flip the ball in my hand and flip it so the shiny side was on the other side. That's, very hard to, that's really hard to do, though. I yeah, mean, incredibly speedy. hard to do, but I've got... Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got big hands, so I was able mm. to do it. But but mm. then it becomes a game. And I find reverse swing is actually a game with the batsman about who can outwit who. It's not a conventional battle between bat and ball. You've got this thing that's so potent, if you get it right, that um, that it becomes this game with the batsman. So if you're loading mm. it up, and the batsman, obviously, when they get used to it, they see you fiddling around with the ball in your hand as you're in your load up. And they're like, right, it's coming the other way. But then you can you can Pretend fiddle around. Pretend you're with it, fiddling around and not. Yeah, exactly. So it become mm. it's quite fun to do. It's and once, yeah. And if you're confident, and if you're at the top of your game, and you're confident in doing that, and still being able to deliver what you want to, um, that's why I find <laughs> reverse swing bowling is the most fascinating and, and exciting thing about cricket. Who was that guy from Sussex called Navid? Navid, Navid or Hassan. Because he think. would, yeah. I think he did that. Did he move his change yeah. the position of the but, ball in his hand? But I think he almost did it like when the bat, it was just too late. His skill was mm. so good that when it's behind his head or something, he flips it. And then all of a sudden, like it's incredible skill. I'm not capable of that. But mm. a, a side caveat to, to that is in one day international cricket, again, for me, the most exciting periods of one day international cricket rather than the batsman just lashing the ball out of the park for 50 overs, I love seeing bowlers have something to play with. So the mm. way that they've introduced two new balls and now yeah. as a fielding team, you're not allowed to um, throw the ball into the dirt. The ball has to be on the full the whole time to the wicketkeeper. If ever you see a bowler, or sorry, a fielder throw the ball into the dirt or onto the wicket, the umpires are always like, keep it up, keep it up because they don't want that ball moving. So it's a spectacle of fours and sixes, which I think wins the art and one of the most fascinating periods mm. of play in an ODI is when the ball's reverse swinging. I totally agree with you about the way that reverse swing happens differently to conventional swing. I mean, I've watched, I've had a look at people like Stark, I don't know, Malinga, Wacker Eunice, you know, a few others. I've looked at the, the, the deliveries in quite a slow motion and you can actually see what often happens when they bowl a, say, reverse swing in-swinger, it starts to go like that and then it goes in. Whereas, as you say, a conventional in-swinger will tend to start and go. Although Jimmy, funnily enough, his, one of the reasons why he's so deadly with his late outswing is because actually the ball starts to go in first. This is conventional and then swings away. But reverse, definitely, the best reverse swing bowlers get the ball to slightly go out and then it comes in. And so the batsman's starting to sort of shape. So actually those two wickets that Jimmy took in um, Chennai, both batsmen were sort of pushing out towards the offside and, and, and then the ball came back in. It's a game of deceit and there's no doubt in my mind, but I'm obviously biased because I'm a, a fast mm. bowler, that, that reverse swing is, uh, you won't see more fascinating passages of play than watching a good bowler bowl reverse swing 
mm. and a batsman try and combat it. There's there's no better thing to watch in cricket, full stop, for me. Okay, Steve Finn there, uh, talking quite passionately about uh, the whole art of reverse swing. Our next guest this Thursday is Ian Smith, the Kiwi commentator, of course, and also fine batsman and wicketkeeper for New Zealand in the 1980s and 90s. He kept to Richard Hadley through many years of that uh, period. And he's our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club this Thursday night, 7pm. He's live from New Zealand, so it'll actually be early in the morning for him. And he's a really great character, fascinating guy to listen to, very funny actually as well. So I hope you can join us for that. You can join us by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com and it's all in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust. So it's a really good cause. We'd really love to have as many of you as possible joining us this Thursday in the Virtual Cricket Club. You can ask direct questions to Stockley, as we all call him. So I hope you can join us for that. And also we'll be back to review the third day's play from Chennai this time tomorrow. So I hope you can join us then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.